Welcome to the Food Manufacturer Podcast, your monthly dive into the food and drink manufacturing industry and the personalities driving the sector. This month I'm your host Gwen Riddler and with me I have our wonderful deputy editor, William Dodds. Hi Gwen, it's great to be here. Feeling refreshed after uh, a nice little break over Christmas and the New Year. And in this month's episode, we'll be talking to Emma Vass, Ecotone UK Chief Executive, to learn about her career in the food and drink industry and the journey to her role as head of the UK's first and largest fair trade and organic tea brand. We'll also learn about her campaign for biodiversity and what she thinks the food industry's role should be in creating a more sustainable food future. Hello, Emma. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. So you've had a wide and varied history working in the food and drink industry. You've worked in Mars, Premier Foods, Dannon, McCormick, um, and you've had quite a journey during your career. So could you talk to us about your career and what has kept you in the food and drink industry this long? Yeah, sure. I think um, the first thing that's kept me in the industry is... um, that pace of change. There's always been um, change in the industry or change in my role or, you know, as you said, um, change in businesses. So um, I've never felt bored for a second in the industry, um, which I've really enjoyed. I think if I look back over my career, um, so I started at Mars. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I left university. Um, I got approached by Mars at one of those uh, milk rounds and they just represent themselves as a really fantastic company. So I started there as a graduate. Um, and what was great about starting at um, a company like Mars is they really invest in people and I was given a lot of personal development and training. And that's definitely something that I still now um, sort of anchor back to. I think having that strong foundations at the beginning of your career really help um, and yeah, just give you that structured thinking and that foundation that you can um, refer back to. So um, I've had some work with some great organisations, Dan on um, another um, great experience for me. Um, and I think what I pick out of Dan on was um, the opportunity I had to, it's quite an entrepreneurial business, quite fast paced. We were, um, you know, it was at, when I was there, it was at the start of the development of the active health drinks category, um, you know, the whole functional health um, development. So it was, we really felt like we were creating something new, being um, given the space to be entrepreneurs. Um, and I was given the opportunity to do a number of different roles. Um, and I think that's also what's really helped me in my career is having that breadth of experience uh, really builds your confidence um, and helps you relate back to different um, times where you've face different challenges or um, different circumstances and overcome them or succeeded, um, which just gives you confidence as you get more mature in your career to be able to think back and think, well, actually, I dealt with that. I achieved that. Um, so the um, the training that I got for some great blue chip FMCGs and the experience I got by always being given the opportunity to move forward as they sort of promote within um, has really helped me throughout my career. Um, and I guess really helped me as well, um, you know, lead me to Ecotone. So I think what I would always reflect on when choosing um, an organisation is 
one, do I have confidence in the business and the brands um, in FMCG? So, you know, you really, you know, I've always been in sales as well. So you really need to believe what you're selling and believe that um, there's the growth potential um, in the brands and that they are the right, you know, that what consumers are looking for. It's always easier to sell when you have that confidence and belief. Um, so I'd always look for a business where I had the confidence and belief that they are on the right trends, they're making the right choices, I'm um, going to be successful in the future. But probably more important for me is um, really looking at the culture of an organisation um, and really making sure that I work in an organisation where I can be my best self. Because, um, you know, it's great having all of the, the training and the, the structure but at the end of the day, it's you that will make yourself successful and it's you that will make the difference. Um, and that's something that um, probably the best culture I've been in is um, is where I'm now at Ecotone, where um, I really feel that I've been allowed to be myself as a, as a leader, um, which isn't, you know, if I look back to when I looked at leaders when I was younger in my career, I sort of put them on a pedestal and thought I could never aspire to, to be one of them. They seem to have all the answers and be so knowledgeable. Now I'm in more of that position. I realise that actually I don't have all the answers. I don't need to have all the answers. Um, and actually having a great team around me is what I enjoy. And that's what brings the the results. Um, and Ecotent has a culture that really allows that and really encourages us all to work together. Um, so, so, yeah, it's been a a career that I, you know, I've never regretted, and you know, I've always never thought about moving out of food actually, um, just because I've always had opportunities that I knew would give me the next stretch. Excellent, that's great to hear. And you made a really interesting point there towards the end, Emma, about culture. What do you think the key elements of of developing a culture where people feel empowered and feel like they can move into leadership roles and and do that with confidence? Well, it's interesting you say that they need to do it with confidence. I think my reflection is um, leadership and cultures that are really strong and empowering are where you have leaders that are confident enough to empower people. So it really does take confidence to not feel the need to take um, take credit for the results or take credit for success yourself. Um, and be really comfortable knowing that actually your role as a leader is to get the best out of everybody else. Know that sometimes they have the better answers than you um, and and trust them to um, to be, you know, give them the space to be able to deliver that. Um, and I think that for me, the sort of switch in terms of where I um, really was able to, to live that was um, just a simple realisation that I've always had amazing teams around me and amazing people. Um, and what I realised is when you have talented people, they won't work for a leader that isn't a strong leader, that doesn't give them space and empowerment to be the best they can be. Um, and they're always going to be the best judges on, on leadership. So actually, that's all I need. Um, knowing that I have a great team around me is validation that I'm doing the right things as well, because they won't work for me um, and we won't be working together as a team um, if I wasn't enabling them to be empowered. So that confidence um, for the organisation is really key. Excellent. Um, so I, I guess kind of beyond this point of culture, what, what other kind of key lessons have you have you picked up over, over the years that kind of inform your approach now as, as uh, uh, Chief Executive at Ecotone? Um, so I think... 
we're Ecotem, we actually have um, what we call the, the care values, and they sort of encompass a lot, actually, of what I have learned. I think, you know, the first one is cooperation. We just talked about that around that, you know, empowering teams and delivering together. Um, and, you know, my learning is that you, know, you really harness that power of the team, um, especially, to be honest, as you get older as well, because you need those young voices. And often they're the um, the more junior people in the organisation, but they're they're the ones that are you know, on the trends and have more insight into what the, the future growth is going to be. So you really need to um, to empower and cooperate across um, across the organisation. Definitely the last couple of years um, has been around agility because, you know, it, it has been, everyone says it, yeah, unprecedented with COVID and then the inflation hitting. Um, we had to really be agile in our approach um, and, you know, change our ways of working, our communication strategies. You know, when COVID hit, we were doing lots of outdoor advertising. We had to move that all to online because there's nobody going outdoors to look at it. We had to change that overnight. We had to make sure that we had new ways to communicate and um, with the team and make sure we kept that team spirit alive, um, whether that was by you know, sending, um, I think we sent out cheese boards and did quizzes online. But, you know, we had to be agile and do things so differently. Um, and then now, um, you know, addressing the inflation. So um, cooperating together helps that agility because if you communicate strongly, then you can be really agile. Um, and and then I guess the other one is keeping it simple. Um, we get really wrapped up um, in lots of sophisticated analysis and um, scenario plans. There's certainly a place for that. Um, but I think my learning is keep things simple and then that allows everybody to execute brilliantly. So if you all know exactly where you're going and you all know exactly what you need to do and it's all very simple and really clear, that means that you have the space to execute brilliantly um, and it stops being just an idea on a page and becomes um, a brilliantly executed plan. Um, so, yeah, confidence being a big one, um, cooperating together, being agile and keeping things simple, I think are my, my key learnings. I think there's a, a big lesson to be learned about keeping it simple, trying to overcomplicating things dense tend to lead to some of the biggest problems that at least I know personally I've had yeah. in the past. Okay. Well, looking into obviously more about what you do in your role, um, it's no secret that you are quite a champion of biodiversity in the business and um, Ecoto in general about the food industry's role in creating a sustainable food future. So could you tell, talk to us a little bit more about that, why that's so important to you personally and uh, what sparked this drive to deliver sustainability within the food industry? Yeah, so um, that is the Ecotone mission is we are on a mission to promote food for biodiversity. Um, one of the great things about Ecotone is this is the core, it's like the DNA of our business. It's not a little sideline or CSR project that we um, have added on, um, you know, based on demands. It's um, we really believe that um, we have a role to play in the food industry. I mean, a third of greenhouse gas emissions come from the food industry. Um, so we we have a big impact on climate change and biodiversity loss. And therefore, we as an industry need to take responsibility for that um, and act upon it. Um, I really believe that um, this will also secure success for businesses in the future because you can't ignore it now. It's all, you know, all over the TV. Certainly, you know, this um, this week, it's, you know, it's been the hottest year on record. 
climate change and biodiversity loss is becoming more and more important to more and more people. Um, and certainly young, the younger generation are really much more educated um, on it now and they want to be able to make the right choices for the future. So I don't think it's something that the food industry should ignore and I don't think it's something they can ignore. Um, I love the fact that you know this is the, the DNA of Ecotone. We have um, all of our brands are really anchored in that sustainability or biodiversity. So you know, in the UK, we've got Clipper, which is fully organic. It was the um, the first tea to go fully plastic free in our tea bags. Last um, The last couple of years, we've invested over a million pounds to take away the foil. So we put in sift proof boxes. There's no uh, plastic now um, in the Clipper tea packaging. Um, we've got Whole Earth um, peanut butter, which is a brand leader and um, it sounds like a small thing, but on whole earth, you know, we were obsessed with the, the um, you have the tamper seal around the top of the jar and it was plastic. So we spent over a year trying to work out how to remove that last bit of plastic, um, which you know sounds simple, but because it's tamper seal, just putting paper on wasn't that easy because you have to make sure that it doesn't get um, disrupted in store. Um, so we are continually striving to make small changes or, or big changes if we can, um, but just continually trying to make those choices that make a difference and make our products more sustainable um, and reduce the impact that food has um, on biodiversity and the industry. Um, so it's a real mantra for us as a business. It's, um, you know, if I look at my team in the UK, um, it's something that really, really brings us together there's a real passion in the business so I have responsibility to promote that because my team demand it they want yeah they believe they can make a difference they want us a business to make a difference um and so that's the mission that we're on and I'm also quite passionate uh, from a UK perspective that um you know we need to hold businesses to account because like I say it's demanded by consumers that we need to be more responsible um as an industry but there is a concern for me that they, um, the industry, there, there is some greenwashing that goes on and um, we need to make sure that we are truthful and, you know, really do, you know, we're not going to be perfect and that's fine, but we need to make those right choices. So I'm really pushing for the, the government to support this and to hold businesses to account. And we have a lot of our products are organic and there's a real clear certification on organic where, you know, really clear criteria that you have to meet um, that helps give trust to our shoppers and consumers that, you know, we are legally bound to be producing um, a certain, um, against certain um, quality and criteria. We don't have that on a number of other levels, like, you know, regenerative agriculture is a big um, word that that's spoken about currently, but there's no criteria um, around what, what that means and any business can decide themselves what that means for them. I would really like the government to put um, legislation forward that actually holds businesses to account. Um, and we've joined the Better Business Act to, um, to, to lobby to try and do that so that we can make sure that we are make, giving um, consumers more sustainable choices. But as an industry, we come together and we take responsibility, um, acknowledge that we have a massive role to play and that we're willing to do that together. So, um, so yeah, it's a big passion of mine and passion of the business. Um, we believe we need to do um, to do the right thing. We believe I believe that will be the success of our brands in the future. Um, and I hope the industry will come together to do it. Oh, that's good to hear. And does that passion come home with you at the end of the day as well? It, I try to. I will admit, that's what I say, you know, we're not perfect. We're not perfect as a business. I'm certainly not perfect as um, as an individual. Um, you know, we I always try and eat less meat and meat more um, plant-based. And 
um, make the right choices. Um, but I must admit, like, for, for example, you know, um, I really ad- admire and support everybody um, that chooses a vegan lifestyle. But I love um, milk in my cup of clipper. I can't quite <laughs> I can't quite lose those um, some of those elements. Um, and I think that's fine. I think, you know, we're not all perfect. But if we just try to um, where we can make the right choices, then um, it will make a difference. And I mean, you raised the point about transparency. I think that consumers are becoming a little bit wary of some of the claims uh, that are made because they know that, you know, not all of these uh, these statements are kind of based on the same standards and the, and the kind of same uh, environmental considerations, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and we're in danger of getting left behind in the UK, actually, because, um, you know, our, our friends in, in France, et cetera, are now moving to front of pack um, labelling. And there's no um, current consensus in the UK of what that would look like. But um, we need to come together and, and give that reassurance to consumers that um, there is a criteria. It is you know very clearly specified so that they know what um, what their, their choice are when they're buying products. And, I, and you're right. You know, people are getting more and more educated on this. So um, they it's going to be demanded of us. Absolutely. Um, looking ahead, obviously you mentioned earlier that it's been a difficult few years uh, for the food and drink industry and for manufacturers. Um, what kind of challenges do you foresee um, the next couple of years holding? What kind of, uh, I suppose, makes you anxious looking looking ahead uh, from your position at Ecotone? Well, probably, um, you know, over the last... 12 months it has been um the inflation a lot of that caused by um you know ukraine war um and and other circumstances um i think as you know as we see climate change impacting the weather system etc the sources of raw materials um and the cost of transporting them whether it's you know with the the red sea um challenges or whether it's because of floods or droughts um that is going to continue to be a challenge and it's always you know the challenge of the industry is um how do we keep you know food needs to be affordable because everybody needs to to eat and so it's you know it's it's top of everybody's mind how much they spend on food we need to keep it affordable um but there are challenges to the supply of the raw materials uh, whether it's through climate change or other external um, factors um and that's you know still going to be a, a challenge for us i think for the next 18 months it has the inflation, I don't think, has fully gone away. Um, some areas there is deflation, but other areas there are still challenges coming. Well, just to round up to say it has been wonderful to speak to you. But before we do wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know about uh, what you're up to in the future, what Ecotone's plans are for the coming year? Um, yeah, I guess um, we will. I think our brands, you know, Clipper, Whole Earth um, and Callow are um they're great brands they have really high loyalty when our shoppers and consumers get to know our brands then they stay with us and they're highly loyal our challenge is that um often um people we're not aren't as well we're not as big as you know some of our other competitors such as Unilever etc so it's always a challenge for us to be able to you know have the millions of pounds to spend um getting our message out um but we are sponsoring team GB whole earth is sponsoring team GB at the um, Paris Olympics um and we have a, um, a number of great innovations coming out um we're on calorie, for example, we're trying to move away from overconsumed ingredients, and encourage people to use more like pro- pea proteins, et cetera. So we've got veggie cakes coming out. Um, so 
I would love your um, listeners to um, to look at our brands um, and look at the sustainable choices um, and try them and become some of our loyal consumers of the future. Well, Emma, thank you very much. And uh, looking forward to hear good things from you soon. Thanks, Gwen. Thanks for listening to the Food Manufacture Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and to the Food Manufacturer newsletter so you never miss the latest news and insight from the food and drink manufacturing industry. You can also find us on LinkedIn, X, formerly known as Twitter, and Facebook. The podcast is published the last Tuesday of every month, so don't forget to join us on the next episode of the Food Manufacturer Podcast.